It's good to be back after ages. <laughs> I've been away for about uh, four months or so, but it's good to be back. It's good to see my old friends like George. Okay. Uh, if you don't know it yet, uh, that God has started a fire in your heart. Yeah, and it's uh, you need to feel that. You need to believe that. It's a fire of uh, purifying our hearts as we worship God. It's a fire of energizing us to continue with our worship. Amen. Today I'm going to speak to you on the topic of growing in prayer. I I heard that uh, there's been an emphasis on prayer, but when I was asked to to preach, you know, I asked God uh, what He wants me to share, and uh, I have many things to share, but, you know, my heart settled on this topic, prayer. Okay, Uh, let's pray. So, dear God, uh, our Yehovah, Father God, thank you for the fire of the Spirit that's already moving within our hearts and that's connecting us with life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, next please. So let's, let's uh, talk about what prayer is. I'm sure that there are many definitions of prayer, but I like this. Okay, If you don't like it, it's okay. You have your own definition, but I like this. I would like to share this to you. Prayer is talking to God to have intimacy with Him. That's very easy to to remember, right? It tells you about you, God, and the result of prayer. So, you talking to God, that's the other person, and uh, the result will be uh, development of relationship with Him. I believe that this is the essence of prayer. And... uh, Uh, Talking, that seems to be difficult for many people, talking to God. I mean, there there is talking which is uh, like a chat for a short time, but there's there's also a talking that will take a long time. Which do you choose, short or long? Well, it depends on your relationship with the person, right? If you really love the person, talking for a long time is not hard at all. In fact, you want to talk and talk and talk. Well, you know, in in a relationship with God, uh, there is no measurement really about how short you should talk or pray or how long. It really boils down to how you look at your relationship with God. Right? Okay. Uh, it starts with a monologue. Prayer starts with a monologue. You, you mean, you know, you just, you talking to God. 
God doesn't respond. Okay, that's a monologue. There are occasions in scripture where, um, you know, it's a one-way thing. Like, for example, in an emergency, you know, you don't have to have a long conversation with God if your house is on fire or you really get sick. All you have to do is say, God, have mercy on me. And you know, when, you're, when your car is about to hit something, okay, and there's going to be a collision, you say, God, have mercy on me. That's, that's a monologue. There's a place for that in our relationship with God. Um, so that's what we call emergency prayer. And then uh, there's a prayer that is an expansion of uh, give us this day our daily bread. And uh, that's also part of prayer. It's uh, one way deal with God. It's uh, give us this day our daily bread. It's a prayer of sufficiency. So, but the problem is that when we stay with these kinds of prayer, like an emergency prayer or a sufficiency prayer, and uh, it becomes self-centered. You know, um, God wants to use these prayers, emergency prayer, sufficiency prayer, for us to realize and prove that God is faithful, that God is good. And so this should lead us into intimacy with God. And so we should not quit with our emergency prayer or sufficiency prayer, but move on into intimacy with God. How about that? Are you agreeing in your spirit? Amen. So, uh, next please. Prayer is talking to God to have intimacy with Him, uh, but it moves on to another phase. And this is not just a one-way thing. It becomes a, what? Uh, Dialogue. Okay. You know, little children and babies, they are expert in monologue. Right? It's a one-way communication line. Uh, uh, But uh, as we grow in our relationship with God, with intimacy, it becomes more and more of a dialogue because God will also say something like, Hey, uh, you've been talking. Uh, How about me? Uh, Would you like to listen to me too? So there is what we call a a listening part. There is actually God wants to speak to us too. He wants to reveal something. He wants to reveal about himself. He wants to show himself to you. Uh, He wants you to hear about his word. He wants you to know about his will. So this is where the conversation takes place, the dialogue. And so, yes, there is a part for monologue, but also more and more, we should have a dialogue with God, where we also listen to God and appreciate and uh, fall in love with Him more and more. So what is this intimacy? What is God trying to 
put in our hearts. You know, uh, prayer should uh, develop a relationship with God. And that intimacy has to do with more union with God. More abiding in Him. More knowing of God. More loving of God. Um, More freedom in our prayer with God. More closeness with God. That's, that's intimacy. So, uh, yes, continue with your emergency prayer. Yes, continue with your sufficiency prayer. But more and more and more and more develop intimacy with God through prayer. Next, please. Okay. To develop our prayer life, intimacy with God, we should know that there are many opportunities to grow in prayer. Um, this is where many Christians are not keen on, uh, on exploring. Uh, you can see that, you know, when uh, uh, there is a scheduled prayer meeting and very few attend, uh, which shows that uh, people are not taking advantage of the opportunity to grow in prayer. So, first, there is the opportunity to grow in your personal prayer life. The second one has to do with the community in prayer. Okay? So, two major opportunities to grow in prayer. Number one, you develop your own personal prayer life. And number two, you develop praying with the church, with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. This is... Uh, clearly presented in the scriptures. So Jesus Christ in Mark 1.34 describes him very early in the morning. He got up, went to a lonely place, and there he prayed. That's personal devotion. How long? Again, it has to do with your relationship with God. And then there is the prayer retreat. We're not just satisfied with one hour in the early in the morning or 30 minutes or so. But because there is this hunger, there is this longing in our hearts. We want to have more of God. So we go into some extended prayer times with God. Uh, what we call prayer retreats. Like a day in prayer. I was told that there is a kind of a prayer pathway here around the church. And uh, you can use that as, as a help. Okay. Uh, way back in uh, 1972, I was 
introduced to a prayer, what they call the day in prayer. We would go to a park and with our Bible, with a sandwich and so on, and uh, we would read the scripture or worship God and, and pray, and essentially to, to know the presence of God. Okay, day in prayer. Or night in prayer. These are, you know, uh, prayer retreats. We should develop this on personal level. Amen. So here's opportunity that God is offering to us. An adventure in knowing God personally. Secondly, next please. Uh, it has to do with uh, where we can grow in the community of God's people in prayer. Uh, God talks about, uh, Jesus talks about two or three uh, praying together. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Or in small groups praying together. So in the homes, you know, we should be gathering there, okay? Uh, two of us or three of us uh, meeting together once a week or whatever you want, whatever time you want to meet. Uh, next, please. And there is the, the, the house or church prayer meetings in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We need to be, we need to gather together as a church in prayer. Okay? And... Uh, uh, way back in 1982, I'm sorry, those are long, long years ago. Uh, but this is a powerful experience for me. I attended the first International Prayer Assembly. And uh, you can imagine uh, 5,000 people from all over the world uh, gathering for prayer. Uh, listening to uh, speakers on, uh, on, on prayer. But also praying together and so on. Um, Uh, so, anyway, the thing that really caught my attention was one night, it was, um, we, we went to this park where there were uh, a, lo- a lot of Korean people praying. And I saw a, a woman with, uh, with her baby uh, on her back, um, you know, a piece of uh, cloth wrapped around the baby hanging on her back. And um, I saw them uh, cooking their food right there in the park uh, so they can attend this, this prayer. It, um, it went on for three days and nights. Uh, so this, it, took, it took some effort and sacrifice for these people to pray together as a church. God touched my, my life there. God touches our hearts when we pray with Him personally. But also God has a unique way of touching our lives when we gather to pray together. That's how Pentecost happened. You know, the church gathered to pray. I guess that I, I believe that God moves in more powerful ways when we are together to pray.
You know, I came home from uh, I came home uh, to the Philippines uh, from that uh, prayer assembly. I could not explain it, but uh, I was I became um, kind of a trailblazer in preaching uh, prayer and worship in the many cities around the Philippines. Uh, where did that come from? It was there. God touched me there. And this is why when you miss opportunities like that, you miss the, 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 the touch of God. God wants to develop us. God wants to mature us. God wants to make us more effective in this wonderful service for God and for the church. Next, please. How about praying on all occasions? In Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With that in mind, keep alert and always keep on praying for all God's people. Uh, That's something that uh, we need to uh, walk through with God. And that we become sensitive, you know, not just when we read a prayer request, but also when the Holy Spirit puts, you know, somebody in our hearts and we pray for him. Next, please. So, um, here's, uh, we need to develop a language in prayer. And the language is not complicated. And we, we learned about, I think this is very familiar to us, and uh, with your fingers, you can easily remember these languages of prayer. You, you read about the book, uh, Language of Love. This is language of prayer, okay? So, number one here, smallest finger, confession. Number two, petition. Number three, thanksgiving. Number four, intercession. Number five, praise. You have the, there you have your language for prayer. Of course, there is the speaking in tongues. That's another language. But that language is still about confession, petition, thanksgiving, intercession, and praise. Uh, you may not know how to speak uh, a, you know, a, a tongue in, in, in prayer, but here you have something that you can do okay so uh, confession is essentially when the holy spirit you know tells you reminds you about something wrong that you have done and you need to deal with it and you know agree with god that you have sinned and you confess it and so the promise is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from an all unrighteousness. One of the hindrances in an ongoing prayer is that we have unconfessed sins. You know, just deal with that and let it be washed under the blood of Jesus Christ. Petition is asking. Have no anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication or petition, let your needs be made known to God. You see, uh, 
let your needs be made known. Let your requests be made known to God. I do not believe in unspoken prayer requests. You hear that sometimes in a prayer meeting, unspoken. If you cannot speak it, just you know, find someone you can trust so that the prayer can be spoken to God. Okay, uh, thanksgiving, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. We enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving. You know, in Second Chronicles chapter 20, the army of God went on to battle singing the thanksgiving of God. And the result is what? Victory. Sometimes it's so hard to go through uh, praying because we lack the thanksgiving portion. Thanksgiving enables us to begin to experience the presence of God and to, uh, and, and, and to be in His presence. That's, that's the entrance point into the presence of God. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Intercession is praying for others. And of course, praise. And uh, which of the fingers are, are missing in your prayer life? Oh, which of the finger is uh, very, very short? Oh, which is overused in your prayer finger? Uh, uh, what? <laughs> well, here's another thing is that you can use praise in conjunction with intercession. You can use praise in conjunction with thanksgiving, with petition, and with confession. Or you can just mix them all together. Okay? Uh, clinch clinch, uh, clinch your, your fist like this, and there you have your prayer. Okay? And with this, you know, you can smash Satan like that in your prayer. Now, uh, this is not a technique. It's not like, you know, step one, step two, step three. Uh, just like, you know, talking is not a technique. Okay? It's coming out from your heart. It, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, this prayer is, is really about centered in the heart. Centered in your view of who God is. Uh, you know, if you really love Him, you know, you want to be close to Him, you want to be humble before Him, you want to be, to have the mercy of God, and so on. All of these things, this kind of attitude has a, you know, it will overflow somehow out in the form of this language of prayer. If you are filled with who God is, you know, you will overflow with praise and thanksgiving. If, if your heart is filled with, oh, I'm so sorry, oh God, it will come out in the form of confession. Next, please. The necessity of consecration and the filling of the Spirit. You know that the blood flows through into our fingers through the wrist. Okay? Actually, there are four major arteries there in, in the wrist. Okay? Uh, I have only two. <laughs> but I think it's enough. One is consecration. And the second is filled with the Spirit. 
have you struggled about uh, whether you need to go to prayer or go to the kitchen? I do. <laughs> have you struggled about... Now, some, uh, some events are really, are really no-brainer. Like if you're, you know, you're, you're feeding a baby and your baby cries and you haven't slept you know from three o'clock in the morning to six o'clock and i you think you need to pray at seven o'clock but you know you're so sleepy and so on the baby's crying you know that's a no-brainer you know that hey you know you need to concentrate on on the baby that has nothing to do with consecration consecration is having a right attitude before god the right heart before god and at this time, if you're feeding a baby, the right consecration is to be consecrated to your baby. Right? Because that is a service to your baby. It's loving God, loving your baby, okay? Loving your neighbor as yourself. And so there are, there are cases like that. But, but when... But uh, there are a lot of cases where that is not the issue at all. The issue is really between my heart is given to God and my heart is saying no. And my heart is saying to me, do something else. Okay? And so Romans 12, 1 and 2, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We need to re-examine where our heart is in consecration. Are we consecrated to God? Are we maintaining a consecrated life before God? Because this is where we deal with our alibis in prayer. Yeah, you know, prayer is not meant to be legalistic. It's meant to be spiritual. It's meant to be something that comes out of our hearts in a loving expression of our, of our relationship with God. So, uh, if we find out that our heart, we are having a hard time, we may have to ask God, God, am I, is my heart consecrated to you now? Okay, and let the Holy Spirit help you there. Okay, then of course, being filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 5, 18 and Ephesians 6, uh, 18. Okay, 5, 18. Uh, and do not get drunk on wine, but be filled, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, pray on all occasions in the Spirit. Um, I know we can pray without the Holy Spirit. You know, it's very easy. Right? Somebody, uh, somebody leads us in our Father who art in heaven. You follow me. You, know, you don't need the Holy Spirit to do that. How about if it is if it's prompted and energized and sustained by the Holy Spirit? What difference would it make? What about if we ask the Holy Spirit before we pray? I do not know how to pray. I need you. I need you to help me pray. 
Because I do not know how to start praise. I do not know how to start confession. I, I, do not, I do not have the prayer language right now. I know it's in my head. I know this is what, how we need to pray, you know, confess, petition. But there's no connection between what I know and what I feel. And that's our problem oftentimes. This is why it is so necessary to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to ask Him more and more to assist us in prayer. To give us the words, to give us the energy, so on. And so when you pray, remember, you know, these five fingers. Remember your wrist. That should give us, you know, uh, the avenues, the... Now, this is not like a formula, okay? Uh, after a while, if you use the formula way of prayer, you bog down. Uh, you will always find, you know, a technique, a procedure. But it says, pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Ask God to teach you how to pray in the Spirit. To begin to uh, uh, to, to look for him not so much from what you know but how he works in your heart it's here let him work here inside let him overflow like a spring of living water that's who he is let him work like a fire in our hearts That doesn't mean that uh, God is not using your mind. It's just that the proper way of going into that is in the Spirit. Next, please. So, here we are. We're going to have a happy landing, happy ending. Okay, number one, you must want to grow to pray. If you don't want... Sorry, God cannot force you. You need to cooperate with God. You want, you must need, you must find that need to want to grow to pray. If, you know, or many of us are fathers here, do you want your baby to grow? I know, it's, we know that they need to grow, but... Uh, if we have milk, you know, come on, I want you to grow. <laughs> uh, uh, it's good that there are many babies who really want to drink milk more and more and more. You know, you're surprised that their their capacity for gallons of milk. But there are some babies who, oh, just after two ounces. They eject the bottle. And so my, my, uh, my eldest girl, I can see now why she is so tiny. <laughs> but the next one, oh, she gobbled her milk, and now uh, she is larger than the eldest. You must want to grow. God... God will encourage you if you have that kind of heart. Next one is always rely on the Holy Spirit to lead, give understanding and power. 
Number three, grow in the five ways of, what's that? Conversing with God. Praise, intercession, thanksgiving, petition, and confession. Four, join different prayer.